What's going on, everybody? And welcome back to Season 2, Episode 22 of Hit the Books, the podcast that dives deep into the world of sports gambling, among other sports. Whether you're a seasoned veteran or new to the show, we'll provide you with the latest insights, expert analysis, and tips to help you have informed decisions and hit the books with confidence. Join us this week as we break down the biggest matchup, explore the latest trends. This week is the NFL's divisional round matchup. Four games this weekend. Hit the books is here and ready for it. And our friends at BetUS have you covered with all the odds. Along with that, we have some news in the NHL, among other sports. Lots of exciting things to unravel this week. Mackie, let's start it off with you. What's happening, my man? Going on, everyone. Yeah, uh, got a nice win from my Dallas Cowboys last week. Down to the bottom or to the top eight team. So, uh, got a nice matchup against the Niners this week. Should be good. We'll be, we'll be diving into that one. Um, other than that, yeah, just uh, releasing our jersey winner today. And um, just got a few things for you guys. And that's it. Ace, let's send it over to you, man. What's going on, buddy? Uh, nothing much. Excited to uh, get this giveaway contest going. Uh, I believe we picked the winner before we recorded this, so excited to get that out there. A lot of good engagement from all of our uh, followers, so definitely keep your eyes out. Who knows what we have coming around the corner, maybe something for the Super Bowl, Pro Bowl weekend, or whatnot. But uh, yeah, also been crushing the daily cards in college basketball, the NBA, and the NHL, so keep up to date if you want to join in on the heaters. Um, another great week of football, though. A lot unraveled last week. Sad to see my boy Brady go down, but uh, still some valuable or valiant opponents out there to to gain the throne this year. So uh, eager to jump into it. Good stuff there, Ace Huff. Let's finish it off with you for these intros. What's going on, man? Uh yeah, Ace said it. We've been killing it on the cards, uh, NHL, NBA, and college basketball over the past week or so, and uh, thank God because uh, after my NFL weekend going over for five, looking like looking worse than the Cowboys kicker out there going one for five. Uh, couldn't even get the one win this weekend in the wild card weekend, but um, started out the regular season this way and bounced back. I think I can do it in the playoffs too. Just my first time going back under uh, negative units on the year since uh, my little spike up in the, I think it was like week 12 when I got on that little hot streak. So uh, I really like the board this week. Take that for what it's worth after going 0 and 5 in the wild card round, but not going to hide the results. Uh, it is what it is. So I like the board this week. I'm excited to get into it. You'll be back. You'll be back up there. Couldn't Huff, I almost brought this up to you the other day. That over, dude. That Huff, over. I, I needed one extra point, bro. One. That's, that that might have been the worst beat of the year. Yeah, that's a tough beat, man. That's a tough beat. You knew it was going to come into play with something, whether it be the spread or the to over-under. You knew those mixed extra points are going to come into play. Huff, you can't even blame Brett Maher anymore. You have to blame the coaching staff for continuing the For not going for two at some point. Yeah. <laughs> blame blame did, Mike did McCarthy, vi- please. Did you see the video of Dak on the sideline saying go for fucking yeah. two? Like, Wait, so, dude, Mike, Mike, do, you know if, do you know if they kicked him to the curb? No, they haven't yet. There's- He's they're dude. He's been our them. kicker they for a really long time, yeah, dude. He's no, been our he kicker for a really long time. I mean, usually you see a you see a kicker leave after that, but I mean, you're in the playoffs right now. What are you gonna do? Sign a kicker and just hope for the best. They're going. I mean, he's been their guy going for into a while. Biggest, so yeah, they're, they're going, going to a tough the stadium. Game. They can't. Yeah, I don't you, like you don't want to. You don't I don't think San Fran's a very hard place to play. Why? Why is San Fran's a hard place to play? Let's ask Dak Prescott after this weekend. Listen, man. We'll Guy silenced a lot of people last week. No, uh, yeah, yeah. We'll get into that as we go. But Huff, one thing I was going to say is, including you over there, is I like Dak Prescott. I never hated on him. I just thought he would have a tougher day sledding. I mean, when you when you're getting the ball at midfield almost every drive, it's not that hard though. If you think about it, <laughs> that yeah. I still think carried by that lights out defense, but he did have a, a good day connecting with Dalton Schultz. Something you should have been doing all year long. Mackie and I were on that week one, if you guys remember. Uh, with those Schultz props. All Schultz goes so under the radar, too. He's top, one of my top favorite. five tight end. Top five tight end. I, I don't know about being a top five Top five, and he is five. Okay, maybe maybe five. But where do you put, like, what about Frymuth? Off like, the top of my head, him to no. Him? He's, he's better than Frymuth just because Frymuth doesn't have the experience yet. Frymuth will be ahead of him, I think. But you can't project it yet. I mean, if you had to guess, though, you'd probably say yeah. Um. But right now, off the top of my head, I'd say uh, Kelsey, Kittle, Andrews, Hawkinson, Schultz. Those four are definitely ahead of him. So if anyone could think of anyone else, 
Um, Waller, Pitts, uh, like I would not go, Pitts, I would, maybe Waller, I would go, I would maybe go Waller. Waller and Pitts. I'd probably go Waller though. five. No, he hasn't played well year. Six. Well, it yeah, I mean, I, but Najoku, Gerald Everett, um, Gerald Everett is very underrated too. He's Dawson I, I really Knox, like him. Tyler Higby, but I think Schultz is nah, better than all those guys. Give me, give me Schultz. Yeah, Schultz, Schultz is better than most of those guys. I don't know. He's definitely you Goddard. could definitely make a conversation. He's top top six. No, nah, yeah, he's better than yeah. Goddard. He's right there. That's what I'm saying though. They need to get more usage out of him. It showed last week. I mean, pr- playoffs a great time to do it. But Huff, one thing I was going to allude to when you mentioned that rough start in the playoffs. I mean, if our followers have been paying attention all year, now would be the time to jump on. You had that ugly start <laughs> to begin the year, and you jumped on, so you're kind of following pace. You're just setting yourself up for the same story. Yeah, it's really not the one I want. But I said this week one, and I'm just looking for a, looking for a bounce back. I got, I really like the, I like all the spreads this week. There's one that's a little sketchy in my opinion that I could really go either way on, but I really like a lot of these spreads this week. So um, I agree, actually. We'll have to see. I really agree. What was I gonna say? Um, yeah, big tries. I I think Huff's gonna make a comeback here. We got this. We got this. I appreciate that. Four games this weekend. Lots to look forward to in those matchups. Let's jump into some news from around the other leagues first, as well as some questions and such from our followers on Instagram. The first thing I have here is that last week was the one-year anniversary of mobile sports betting being legalized in New York State. The money for that first year is staggering, coming in just over $16 billion in handle for 2022, generated just over $1.3 billion in revenue, resulting in $693 million generated in taxes. These states are quickly figuring out that they are not disappointed with how much money is being generated by these sports books and how many how much taxes are coming in. Um I believe I just heard this again about well, Ohio and all the stuff that's going on there with all the advertising stuff. They're all pissed off about who DraftKings is advertising to and who MGM is advertising to. So they're paying millions and millions in fines for that kind of stuff right now. And that's a whole nother ball of wax. In the MLB, the only point I got here is that the 2023 season has not even begun. There's already talks about where Otani might end up. He's a free agent at the end of the season. Some say he may be the first half-a-billion-dollar man when he enters free agency. Uh, I heard Padres are very, very interested in him. Cubs. 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 Chicago Cubs. That'd be wild. They're building this team now. I can. I. I saw. I saw a. Uh, what's it? Whatever you call it. Uh, jersey swap thing of him in a Cubs uniform, and I started like thinking about it. I'm like. Chicago, big city market. He's obviously in LA right now, not from here. So usually don't see a guy like that go to a smaller market. I feel like they kind of know the bigger markets, but I mean, I could be surprised, but I think the Cubs are a very intriguing uh, team for a lot of free agents, especially someone like him that's just hitting dingers and pitching. So, um, but I don't know, obviously arguably the best player of our generation. and We haven't really seen a ton of them with some of the injury issues, but like you said, first half a billion dollar player, I definitely think he's going to get that. Honestly, the best dual threat player since Babe Ruth, but uh, I would love to see him go to a big market. I think the Chicago Cubs would do that, and maybe he'd revitalize that franchise that one just... That's what I mean. I think that would be a really cool... And and that's in my division, but again, I'm just kind of giving up on baseball for the most part. (laughs) Like, I don't even care. Like, the Cubs are a cool market. They're a good... They're a cool team. Like, I, I like when the Cubs are good. In 2016, I really liked that Cubs team, and I kind of like grab it. I, I, it. I've said this before. I like a lot of the teams in the Pirates division. Everyone except the Reds, basically. I just hate the Reds. Like, But the Cardinals and the uh, – now I'm blanking. The Cardinals and the – who Brewers? are we talking about here? Brewers. No, not the Brewers. Cardinals, Cubs. 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 Yeah, I like the I do, The Brewers are probably third. I like the Cardinals and the Cubs, like one and two, obviously other than the Pirates. But I really just don't like the Reds. And like, Wait, I why do you the hate Cubs, the Reds? <laughs> I don't know. They just suck. there's and they're from Cincinnati. They battled them for really, last place. <laughs> it's because Pete Rose bet on his own team and got suspended from the Hall of Fame. There's really there's you really see, just uh, nothing I, to like about the Reds. You see the Mets got Tommy Pham. Yeah, I did see that today. Yeah, the Red pretty Sox. good. Who the who the Red Sox get off the uh, Braves? Adam Duvall. Adam. Yeah, they picked up Adam Duvall. They got Kenley Jansen, Corey Kluber, Justin Turner. A few years late on all those guys, but good ads. 
nonetheless. A few years late, definitely on Justin yeah, Corey Kluber. <laughs> I mean, hey, Corey Kluber's been a journey. Otherwise, your career though was in a was in Boston. What was I going to say yeah, though? Um, you're not wrong. I I think a lot of these big stars should start going to some of the bigger market uh, baseball towns. Love to see that. Rather than San Diego Padres, I mean nobody out there is a San Diego Padres fan. Sorry if you're listening and you are, but had to say it. <laughs> Do you another big name? Obviously, didn't play last year. Do you guys think with all the the talk the talks of the past couple of years? Do you guys think Trevor Bauer is going to find a team this year? Do you think he'll be back? Tough call. I don't know. I don't know. I don't really. I haven't really. Those situations are so hard to deal with minute, when it comes yeah. into legal issues and then the, the league's uh he was I think I don't know. I think the reason that there's talks of him coming back, obviously he wasn't convicted of anything. It was just like whatever I don't I didn't really look into it too much. I've just seen his name kind of circling back in like certain situations and I guess he's been saying I know he got what, thirty two million from the Dodgers to be released, so I don't know if he's necessarily like dying to play baseball right now after getting a paycheck for that for nothing. It's like these NFL I wouldn't come far. back. I'd be like, I'm done. Thirty-two million I would in the not bank. Come back. Thanks. Yeah, I'm done. That's like, uh, what's Cardinals just do, like, coach? He got twenty million to go to Thailand. He could just do like podcasts for the rest of the rest of his life. Yeah, That's people would want to hear him talk. Yeah, thirty-two million. Ah, uh, yeah, we don't need you anymore. Here's thirty-two million. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of good stuff out of the MLB season approaching rather quickly. So lots more on that soon. Let's shift our focus over to the NHL. The first point I have here is that Robin Leonard and his wife have officially filed for bankruptcy after only making one payment of an agreed settlement for an exotic snake farm. Ironically, the previous owner who made the agreement with Leonard was murdered by his wife, who then shortly after filed a lawsuit against Leonard regarding the payments, um, hearing upwards of $50 million in debt. So I thought that was kind of interesting to hear. Doesn't he still play? Yeah, how are you filing for bankruptcy when you're still in the NHL? Ask of Vander Kane. Yeah, I mean... Well, his is obvious, though. I don't know how all that works. It's definitely more messy than we think, but... Like, a guy's probably making, like... Four sheets a year? $100,000 a month. Like, how are you filing yeah. for bankruptcy? <laughs> Who knows, uh, Yeah, Jeez. Beats me. If he owes the bank money, owes this person money, who knows? Who knows who's coming after him? Sounds like he's in some dirty shit. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> a snake farm. A snake farm. Yeah, what? The, what's that? I don't even know. An exotic snake farm. Who, like, are you breeding snakes? Do you guys want to get into that business? I hear it's on the up and coming. Yeah. That I'm and, like, alpacas. <laughs> I'm going to start breeding snakes. Maybe it's a Vegas thing. Yeah. <laughs> or, or wherever he's from. He's not from here. So. All right. The next point I have here is that David Pasternak has entered the final year of his contract with the Bruins. He will be a free agent at the end of the season. Rumors about his new contract are starting to circulate. ESPN reporter John Busey Gross believes the Bruins would have based their offer on Johnny Goudreau's contract and offered him about $10 million a year for eight years. However, the for, the forward reportedly refused, assuming he's hoping for more than that, and understandably so, as Pasternak is heading for a 120-point season, including more than 60 goals. Ace, you want to comment on this? Yeah, I mean, nothing out of the ordinary. This has been in the Boston media for months, and I've been reading everybody's take and every contract that's been drawn up by somebody that doesn't matter. So I think they're really just focused on the main goal of the season, which I said from day one of the NHL is a Stanley Cup. And then they'll worry about that after the fact. Um, some of the comments I've read, though, is he wants to be in Boston for his career. And he idolizes guys like David Krejci and uh, Patrice Bergeron. And they've really shown him his way. And he's made a home here. Um, he wants to represent the black and gold and be that guy. Uh, potential future captain already wears an A. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm guessing he's going to get somewhere between uh, 11 and 12.5 million year in and year out. So he's already said he doesn't want to be the highest paid player in the league. But... Uh, who knows when, when he's playing the way he is. He's such a game-breaker. I mean, it's the blank check, in my opinion. He's really not even that good. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. 
Just yeah, trying to get I you going, Ace. Um, I, I know. I had to wait. We, we all know that's not true. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll let you talk yourself out of it. Nah, he'll get whatever he wants. God, God deserves whatever. And, uh, I really don't see I don't think he's leaving any either. Guy, so. puts, guy puts asses in the seats, and his name's represented on the back of almost every jersey. David Posternock's going to be a Boston Bruin. Just needs to get that ring first this year. You said he idolizes guys like Bergeron and Krejci. If those two retire... What do we think happens? He's... No, yeah, I'm saying more so David Krejci as a fellow countryman, you know, Czech guy. There's clips yeah, all no, over no, of, Yeah, yeah. I think he wants to follow in his footsteps. I think he did. Krejci did the NHL the right way and whatnot, really passed along his teachings to Pasternak. And they've built that whole culture around him. I mean, everything's catered to him. I think he stays there. No reason to leave, in my opinion. New, yeah, new mean, coaching. The coaching change, I think, is actually monumental. If Cassie was still at the helm... Maybe there'd be questions because Krejci wouldn't come back. Players would be disgruntled and maybe be on his way out. But with the signings of McAvoy and Lindholm, and you have a lot of cornerstones of the franchise still there for years to come, I mean, I think he stays in place and he's happy to play in that offense Montgomery's got rolling. Yeah. How old is he? Pasta's probably like, what, 26? Damn, he is still that young? Wow. He might be a little bit older. Let's see. Dude, Pasta or not. 26, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, a lot of these That's a lot of those NHL superstars, it's like, I always feel like they're so young, and then I look it up, and I'm like, okay, they're like mid-20s, but then I'm like, okay, that means they have like 10 years left, and if they can play at any bit of a pace that they're on right now, it's like, they're an all-time Hall of Famer, you know what I mean, all-time great. I've been saying, like, honestly, like, stretch comparison, but not really it, the way he's playing this year. I kind of just compare him to Alexander Ovechkin, so. Plays that physical style, big body, but is also very skilled and can put the puck in the net from that same spot whenever he wants. Yeah. Yeah, no, I see what you mean there. Good stuff there, boys. We have uh, some questions here from our Instagram followers. First one's here from our boy Justin. He's asking, what are your thoughts on the the Marino-Ty Smith trade now that we've seen them play uh, both a handful of games? Ty Smith getting some minutes here for the Pens. Uh, I haven't seen Marino too much here with the Devils, but you guys have any comments on that? I, I at first, I kind of liked Marino whenever he was a Penguin, and I know Mike Sullivan wasn't a big fan of him, and I kind of spoke on this whenever that trade happened, but I didn't know much about Ty Smith or who he was uh, coming from New Jersey, a team that obviously since the start of this season, they weren't really much coming into this year. Uh, they've been like a young team that people have been on the – or kind of had on the horizon with – Heisher and Hughes, they've had the stars, and now we've seen the success this year. But I don't know. I kind of like uh, the Smith defenseman that we got from him and or for Marino. I think that he's been able to – I like the style of play. He plays that kind of a, a tough-ass style of play. He's not the biggest guy. He just has, like, that mentality that uh, he doesn't really care any size. to just kind of go out there and play. I like defensemen like that. but And kind of the complete opposite of Marino. So um, definitely someone that Mike Sullivan was looking for and that fits the system a lot better. But – um, East, I saw you waving around. Yeah, um, honestly, I didn't think much of this trade when you mentioned it earlier, but now that I've had time to digest it a little bit and think about it again, I was honestly pretty high on Marino. I think I talked about him coming into the year about the Penguins. I always thought he was going to be that next defenseman. Maybe because, uh, what's his name, Pierre Maguire in between the glass was gassing him up that one game when he made his debut in Boston as family there, and he scored that first goal. Maybe not debut, but scored his first goal in Boston, and they were gassing him up to be the next big thing. So I'm surprised that they dealt him, but at the same time, Ty Smith was a pretty big defensive prospect and kind of fell out of. Yeah, the I didn't. I didn't really know who he was coming into coming into the Penguins. I didn't really know much about him. Um, yeah, he was supposed I, to be always a good defenseman. So I think maybe just the change of scenery to get those two in a different role that's more suited to them. Ty Smith's left-handed though, no? Yeah, I think yeah. John Marino was a right-handed defenseman, so you swap there. Correct. And, that's, and those does he go on the top unit with Latang? I don't know exactly where they have him playing. I haven't really looked at our line matchups. I kind of always just look at the forwards. They shuffle our defense around a lot, but because Dumoulin's been very inconsistent, and we've had Latang in and out of the lineup all year. So I was yeah. just going to say, yeah, with, with Latang's most recent uh, portion of him being out, Ty Smith's been filling in on the first power play, and I believe with some time yeah. with some Dumoulin. Yeah, that's why, that's why I think they just wanted a change of change of style on the back end. Both, both highly touted defensemen, younger guys too, so you'll get your worth with that trade. Win-win for both sides, in my opinion. 
Yeah, obviously. I, I don't like you said, Jesse. I don't really know much about Marino's uh, how he's been doing for the Devils. I don't really watch too many of their games unless uh, they're playing the Penguins or I'm betting against uh, or I'm betting on the game that they're in. But um, yeah, I, I like the the Smith Marino trade a lot so far for the Penguins. Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right, we have another question here. What are your thoughts on the top three defensemen in the NHL right now? No bias, just honesty. Kale McCarr. Um, Victor Hedman always has to be in your top three. Are you crazy? Okay, well, Adam Fox has got to be in your I top I was going to say Adam um, Fox. I'm going to take three. Charlie McAvoy over him. Obviously, <laughs> no bias. He's just a stud. That, that's literally like, like Adam, you're the only person in America Adam Fox that would get knocked that. out by Charlie McAvoy. In a you're the only though. person Tell in America that says that, and then you and then you follow it up with not bias. I mean, I think I'm biased on that take. I gave it away, but uh, yeah, no, Charlie McAvoy would rock Adam Fox in a fight any day of the week. Uh, put put my money on that. We're not talking top three defensemen. They they were teammates on the on the Long Island goals. Yeah, that's kind of crazy, huh? The, Future top two defensemen in the NHL. I mean, Kel McCarr is a different breed of defenseman, but all around defenseman, McAvoy's up there too. But Hedman, I, 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 you can edge McAvoy. I think he comes in at four or five realistically, but I think you have to put Hedman there for his. He's on the ice. I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. McCarr. For me, it's McCarr. Hedman's still there. Adam Fox, McAvoy are like. Heiskanen's five in my Roman Yossi. Roman Yossi kind of fell off since he had that. I rock. was just gonna say, Did he get the yeah, Norris? Yossi, not the Norris. What's that? What's the defenseman award called? Yeah, the Norris. The Norris. Yeah, it is. Yeah, did he get that two years ago or no? No, I think he came in second. All right, it was yeah, when Fox beat him out. Yeah. So, I mean, it, give or take, and the other thing you have to look at: Hedman, top left-handed defenseman. Um, More Sider is on the horizon of this conversation. Yeah. Yo, Condre. Condre Miller, I'm telling you, bro. He's he's not in this conversation. Condre Miller's around like the. He's Hoppus in the same home. conversation as like Moritz Cider, hundred percent. I like Cider's size, but I do think Condre Miller's. Really Cider's younger though, isn't he? Yeah, he's like 21. Dude. He's I 20, mean, Condre Miller's 22. I thought he was 19 or 20. Didn't he enter into the NHL at like 19, 18, 19? Cider. Yeah, he was. He, he was literally. So he was. I think as young as he can be, 18, 19. Yeah. But no, I mean I'm also who, I'm biased to the Red Wings too, so I'll I'll one, one, no, once you get past that top three, I think it's pretty close to a consensus with McCarr, Hedman, and Fox, with McAvoy, Heiskin, and Yossi right on the outside. But some other big names out there, Drew Doughty, Eric Carlson, and Brent Burns are all still playing great hockey, even though they're really old. Eric Carlson's playing incredible hockey right now. Did you see Doughty, that? He was on like a fifteen game point streak. Yeah, dude. You know how old he is? Does he have a few hat tricks this year, Eric Carlson? He does. I don't he know. Does. He has like I, I know he does. I think he has like four OT winners. Yeah, he's pretty good. The one, the one game I bet against the Sharks, he scored in overtime. I was like, you let yeah. the fucking defenseman that's thirty nine years old fucking go end to end in overtime. You know who's yeah, know he... kind of fallen off though is uh, Aaron Ekblad. I always thought he was going to take off as one of the next. Top Me too. Defensemen. I, f- that's a I good feel point. like Brent Burns is falling off too, man. I I feel like he's not. He's, in a low, who he's, he's not. Has... He's not the top defenseman on his own team anymore. Jacob Slavin. I think on the Hurricanes. I'm trying to think of like some underrated defensemen that are. You still have John Carlson in the NHL. Quinn Hughes, um, he's someone to look at. Quinn Hughes, but Quinn Hughes is a little. Underrated. I like Heiskanen. I mean, I think people underrate him. He's really good. He just got the bag too. Yeah, he is really good for Dallas. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any. Other I don't know. I think defense. I I think we hit the top three. I think it's easier to go. I, I think McAvoy is just under Fox still because obviously Fox has the Norris. Uh, McCarr's a show. forward. Yeah, it, it, but <laughs> McCarr's one with the the defenseman. Uh, McCarr's clear cut one. Yeah. And then two and three, I, I don't know. Ace is going to go Headman Fox. I'll go Fox Headman. Um, Huff, I don't know how you go. I said, Matt, I said McCarr, Hedman, Fox. I, I just, I, I like. Victor Hedman's such a tough matchup every night. Like he still Because of, di- of his size, dude, his stick is like so long. Yeah. Experience, Stanley Cup pedigree multiple times. Like, come on. It, yeah. In his offense, he contributes offensively all the time. Plays power play penalty kill, you know. Yeah, I'm not stepping in front of his shot, I'll tell you that. Stud. He's got like how many more years do you think you got he has of being a top defenseman in the league? A top defenseman two. Two, I said two. Well Tang's pretty good. It's the injuries, dude. You just can't stay on the ice. 
Isn't he back, like, skating with the team and shit? Yeah. It's just, it's one thing, I mean, his career the past couple of years has taken, like, obviously the turns with the strokes, two strokes, and his dad just died, so he's missed a couple of games, so it's just been one thing after another with him. Uh, If he could be, when he's on the ice, he's, I mean, one of the best defensemen. I mean, obviously, I'm going to be a biased person saying that, but the the stats show I know he has the team to back it up. He can just throw the puck up to any of these forwards on this team when the Penguins are playing at home, scoring a lot. I know that's how the Rangers and Bruins are. Um, he gets the points, and he's obviously an offensive defenseman, but the consistency he's done it for, three cups, you know, you can't argue with that. But um, right now, yeah, he's definitely not uh, a top five, I'd say, or even top ten right now. I think there's so much young talent at the defensive position in the NHL. Um, like, I'm taking guys like Sider, all those guys that we started to argue, Keontre Miller, all those guys, you know what I mean? Like, um, I do st- I do still think Latang is better than Brent Burns, though, to bring up some of those older guys. I'm taking Latang. Yeah, I, I do, too. I think dude, I think Latang is good. I, I, I do, do like Latang. I think he's... He's, he's very he's similar a- to... He's very similar to Eric Carlson right now because Eric Carlson's like forced into like a, he's kind of carrying that team. Like obviously Latang has never had to carry the Penguins. Like there's been years where Crosby or Malkin hasn't been there, and Latang's kind of been like the second fiddle. But obviously in the NHL, when you're defensive, you're not really expected to score much. So when guys like McCarr and Carlson did it when he was younger, um, there's been obviously other defensemen that have done it, but those are just two of the most offensive ones that come to my mind. Um, it's just kind of more surprising. So, but I I do think Latang still edges out uh, Burns. To close out the, the conversation, though, two more that – well, four defensemen I'd like to just highlight that kind of fly under the radar. Um, two of them that have they are going to be up and coming as well with that Sider-Miller group that you were mentioning. Um, definitely Rasmus Dahlin and Thomas Chabot from the Ottawa Centers. Those guys play big minutes night in, night out, and they're the cornerstones of their defensive uh, group. Two guys that kind of fell under the radar, supposed to be studs, though, kind of fell off the face of the earth were Seth Jones and Zach Wierenski. I mean, injuries riddled their careers a bit. Everybody thought they were the next guy. Yeah, uh, Warinsky had flashes, and like you said, Seth Jones just kind of the injuries, and I don't know. Warinsky did slip down. I guess I didn't realize that. Dalene and Chabot, I guess, has been doing it longer, but Dalene's going to be good too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Chabot's a little older, but he's he's definitely a a key a key part to that um, Senators team right now. He, he's always in the in like in the mix with that with uh Kachuk and everything. He scores a lot of goals too for defensemen. You think Darlene ever has a Norris potential? Maybe, a, maybe like eight years. A hot year, but like never hot, like yeah. The Sabers, the Sabers, the team is sick. He's really, he's having a good year. No, I know. I'm just saying, like, kind of setting the scene. Like the Sab- like Sabers have a really good year in a playoff. He was the number position. one overall pick, right? Yep, Adam. He played for Michigan, yeah. right? No, no. Who's the one? Oh, that's uh, no, that's uh, Owen Power. He's on the same Owen Power team. played for Michigan. Yeah, I haven't seen much of him this year. I was watching the Sabers blow that minus one and a half last night, and I was watching Owen. I was actually watching some of their defensemen. How good like Owen Power can skate with the puck. It's it. He honestly, I never. That was the first time I really like honed in and watched like him, and because the score was fucking three three one. I'm not really watching yeah. the game anymore. I'm half watching the Red Wings game because I had Red Wings money line in minus one and a half. They fucking blew that shit too. They were up three one in the second too. That was brutal, but bro. I don't. Y- did you have that? Yeah. Yeah, that was terrible. Um, but so I'm watching the Sabers game and he can just move the puck. Their power play when they put out Darlene and Owen Power, it's actually great. How, like, bro, that young core on that power play is incredible. I love watching it. THT, that guy's the man. He had about two opportunities. He could have put that game away for us last night. He didn't. One in overtime. I need he, uh, still young. He uh, we we got to take him, Pasternak, McDavid score goals every single night. <laughs> yeah, Mackie, back to what you just said about he's still young. Well, you're not a gambler. I'm mad at him from last night. I needed him to score last night. <laughs> yeah, that's well. like the I saw a meme. After Maher missed those four kicks, someone was like, being a sports gambler is thinking about what over three and a half missed extra points would have paid. <laughs> I saw that, yeah. <laughs> Yo, what about the over one and a half field goals 
Or actually, never mind. Oh. I wouldn't even. Yeah. No, the, imagine if you took the kicking points. Like you can take a well, yeah, and have kicking. Mackie, points. that was also affected because they stopped going for field goals even late in the game when there was still. A yeah, you're right. Game. Uh-huh. Dude, they went for they it. Couldn't, they couldn't. They couldn't trust and him. Six up two possessions. He's just gotta lock in this week. Watch him just like kick like a 62 game winner. Oh, that'd be so sick. What a comeback story. That'd be, that'd be scripted. Yeah, that'd be. <laughs> Even Still better gotta hit the be for him to miss the field goal again. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be brutal. Oh my god. He, I think go he would mi- actually he get should, death threats. He should go miss the first extra point just for the boys. That would be vintage <laughs> Dallas Cowboys throwback to Tony Romo. No, I think I think I think the Cowboys bounce back, but we'll get into that in the NFL segment here. I know bounce back. I think he bounces back. Yeah, lots of good stuff out of the NHL there as we were talking a little bit in the NFL. We got some news out of the NFL. The first point I have here is that the Titans hire Rand Carlton as their new general manager. He was previously the 49ers director of pro personnel, so new GM in Tennessee. Possibly some big moves happening there with the head coach and such. I'd like to see uh, Taylor Lewan was talking about this on Bustin' with the Boys. Um, he was hoping, I forget which guy he wanted to get the, the GM role. I don't know if this, do you know if this was the guy that was filling in the interim role? I'm not 100% sure. Because I know he was talking about he was hoping that the guy that was in the interim role stayed. Um, so I'm interested to see who it is that got the, if it is him that got the job. Because um, he thinks, he was talking about many a times with two ACL tears in three years. He thinks he's going to get cut. And uh, This was so not the interim GM, the interim GM was Ryan Cowden. Taylor, Taylor Luan to the Pittsburgh Steelers. I want that to happen very badly. Be a great veteran lineman to bring in on a young offensive line, a really young team. That's that's my hope for the Steelers offseason. It's not a big ask. It's really not. I'm asking for a lineman with two ACL tears in the past three years, and I'm willing to take the risk with what I'm going to get. The risk over reward. Ace, you've heard that term before. I'll take it. I want I want this guy to come boost our offensive line. I said this yesterday. They saw the jersey swap. He said these colors go hard. I I'm I'm rooting for my boy Taylor. Come come wheel home the left tackle position for Kenny Pickett and Najee Harris. Be a great young core for him to be around. Uh, but the only thing that scares me is everything he has going on off the field and could retire. But I don't know the Titans. As a whole, their team is in such a weird position. You have guys like Derrick Henry heavily in their prime or kind of edging out their prime with uh, the average running back life expectancy in the NFL with these some of these elite guys over the last couple of years. Um, who knows what they're going to do with the quarterback position, the wide receiver position. They don't really have many names, but um, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see new guy. Obviously, you're going to see a lot of new faces in there, but that's my wish for the Titans. If they do cut Taylor Lewan and he becomes a free agent comes to the Steelers. That's all I'm looking for. Mac, you hear that? That's the keys to getting back to the playoffs for the Steelers. Sign the old lineman. <laughs> Dude, we're fucking two wins off. And if That's Mitch Trubisky doesn't, thing. if Mitch Trubisky doesn't throw three picks to fucking Patrick Queen and Roquan Smith in the red zone, we don't even need the Dolphins or any of that shit to happen in Week 18, and we're in the. Alrighty, my next point out of the NFL is that the Dolphins-Bills game was the most watched Sunday wildcard game in nine years, coming in at 39.56 million views at its peak. Huge for there for the NFL. Lots of viewership on their one of their big weekends, but not to be surprised. Oh, yeah, I know you've all been uh, loyally waiting, watching, wanting this new prime NFL jersey. Um, first contest in Hit the Books history. And the winner is one of the very own pigs, the local Ryan Svikovich. Big New Yorker. Uh, congratulations, picking the New York Giants. Been a longtime follower, too, so well-deserved. Um, yeah, always, always paying attention on the socials. So like, that's you get what you deserve. Uh, way to be, Ryan. Congratulations, buddy. Congratulations, Ryan. Uh, we will be following up with you via DM, or we'll shoot you a text, figure out what kind of jersey you're looking for, and then go from there. But congrats. Yeah, thanks More to everyone else that participated. That was a that was a major success. Obviously, we kind of 
we got a, a major bounce back and a lot of following grown off of that. So definitely look for more giveaways in the future. That's definitely going to be something that we're looking for. Definitely be sure to check out BetUS, our newest partner in the sports betting world, um, coming at you with the best lines week in and week out. I know a lot of you want to get some action in on this AFC-NFC divisional weekend in the playoffs here for 2023. I'm going to be looking at that Travis Kelsey uh, touchdown line. You can parlay a lot of stuff on there. They also have a nice casino if you like going on there. Um, just be checking it out. Definitely bet US. Check out our link in the bio. Let us know. Get some bonuses. Get on down. Win today. Good stuff, Ace. All right, it is time. Four games this weekend in our NFL Divisional Round. Lots to look forward to. Two on Saturday, two on Sunday. So let's jump in. The first trend I got to get us started on the week is that the outright winner owns a 33-10-1 against the spread mark in the last 44 divisional playoff games. So in those divisional games, or in these divisional games, really, if you like that underdog, take them straight up. If you like that, if you like that favorite, take those points. You like that? He's out, by the way. Yeah, he is out. <laughs> Legendary video, though. Yeah. Alrighty, boys. Let's jump right into our first game here on Saturday. Coming in at 4.30 p.m. in Kansas City. We got the Jacksonville Jaguars going into Kansas City. Chiefs are our favorite here at 8.5 points. Their money line sitting at minus 450. The Jaguars' money line sitting at plus 350. And the over-under sitting at 52.5. The trends I got for this one, that the Chiefs are 8-1 and one straight up in their past nine games after a bye week. Chiefs are 7-1 and one straight up, 6-2 and two against the spread in their last eight home playoff games as the favorite. The Jaguars have covered four straight as a playoff dog, winning straight up twice. Jaguars have won six straight, 5-1 and one against the spread in their last six. Mackie, you want to get us going on this, yeah, this first matchup? What do you think? Jacksonville and the Chiefs. Yeah, this is the uh, this is the one spread that I didn't love out of the four. Um, I'm a little tossed up on this one because it, you know if you, you saw how Trevor Lawrence came out last week. If he does that this week, there there is no coming back. Um, Mahomes will not let him do that, and this game can get out of hand. But then again, like if he has a good game and and he plays like he could, like he did in that second half, then this game could be a three point game the entire game. It could be neck and neck. Uh, it could end up being a shootout. So. Um, I don't really love the spread here. I do think the Chiefs will advance. I think Mahomes, at the end of the day, will get enough done to um, get a get a needed win against a inexperienced quarterback. But um, the spread, I'm not really loving. I just think the Chiefs will end up winning this game. Patrick Mahomes in the kingdom against an unproven Jaguars team. I love that every day of the week. Um, I'm definitely gonna be looking at some Mahomes props and Kelsey props, as you know they love the prop pop off in the playoffs and in the prime time eight and a half is a lot like Mackie said I love them in a, a teased a teaser or an alternate spread parlay I know Huff and I have been ripping those in basketball but I'd love that here this week in the NFL as well I think you can get about two and a half it's about minus 320 that's what I saw over on bet us but um besides that I, I like I think the over is going to be a big play this week as well um I think that Trevor Lawrence will be able to put up points whether it be from coming from behind which he's done all year or if he keeps the shootout close to begin with. I think the Chiefs may start off slow, so I wouldn't be looking at a first half over, but I definitely would look at a full game over as I think it lights up towards the end. Um, Huff, you lean in Chiefs with us, or what are you thinking for this one? I, I'm not. I like the Jaguars. I think this is a team of destiny situation that we have with this team. And Obviously, going up against the big bad Wolf and uh, Pat Mahomes and the, the betting favor to win the Super Bowl at their home field, I think the Jaguars, the Chief, my number one takeaway from looking at this 8.5-point spread is the Chiefs just get big spreads week in and week out, and more often than not, they don't cover a touchdown more than a touchdown spread. And I think the, the Jaguars do end up losing this game. I do like the value on their money line. I think it is kind of worth a little sprinkle, but I'll take the points with the Jaguars plus 8.5. I do like the – I think they keep it close, uh, whether it's a shootout or uh, – I don't see it really being a low-scoring defensive game, but I think the Jaguars plus 8.5 is the play for me. Yeah, Huff, um, 
one thing I think you're talking about with that team of destiny, do you think he pops on the scene and follows into the footsteps of former first overall pick Joe Burrow? And year yeah. two puts himself really on the map as one of the top quarterbacks in the league by winning in the playoffs and going on an extended run and beating Pat Mahomes in the kingdom. That's yes, your and this and and Trevor Lawrence is gonna have. And this is no just like this is just obviously you made this point. And if Trevor Lawrence does this, he's gonna have a way harder route. He has to go through Pat Mahomes in Kansas City, and then next week he could have to go to Cincinnati or to Buffalo to get Josh Allen or Joe Burrow. So. If he pulls this off, I think it's honestly more impressive with a more underdog team. I think not many people expected. Uh, actually, the Bengals' div- uh, division odds last year were like plus 2,000, and the Jaguars were only plus 750 this year to win their division. So I guess the Bengals uh, was technically more of a long shot. But led by Trevor Lawrence, that comeback was unreal last last week. I do think that was a little, a little bit of a blow by the Chargers, meaning like not – I think – People are discounting they how sold. much. They sold. They sold. You're you're right, but people are discounting Trevor Lawrence and how much of a crazy comeback that was to buckle down with. We talked about it last week. Doug Peterson in the playoffs, a guy that's been there, done that. You don't think he was in the locker room at halftime, guys? It's twenty-seven to seven. Mackie texted me, even, dude. It's twenty-seven to seven. This game is not over. We come out of half, get points. This is a fucking ball game, and that's exactly. Also, what Hoff, you got you got to think about it. You know what Trevor that's Lawrence charges, said in the locker bro. room at halftime? You know what he said in, at halftime? It's Saturday, boys. I'm not losing. I've never lost a game in my high school, college, or a pro career on a Saturday. Yeah. So, but I'm gonna I tell mean, you this Saturday he's losing. Huff, save that money. Save those units on your card. Do not put Jacksonville there. Patrick Mahomes at home has been there before. He's not the LA Chargers and Brandon Staley. Andy Reid will get his boys to the conference championship. Jacksonville is a really nice tease opportunity here, though. It's a high spread. You can I'd tease sort of, it up I, even that, That's what I think I'm going to end up doing with this because there's another game. The other game that I think is a little line sketch is the Bills-Bengals, but uh, I could see myself teasing one of them. I think I think this will be a fun shootout to watch, though, for sure. Dude, you get the Jags at plus 14.5 points? I don't even think it's a question. Any, any playoff you, game, really. No? It's Pat Mahomes, dude. It's... <laughs> Just always got to worry gonna about it. This is day. another this over is, two, this Patrick is a, Mahomes over two and a half passing touchdowns is sitting at plus one twenty. Like you know, this game can get out of hand. Like you know, it's possible. Travis Kelsey right. dancing in the end zone with the football. Jackson Mahomes going nuts for the uh, crowd, getting people yeah. pissed on Twitter with his wife. <laughs> Popping the champagne all over the fans. I don't know, dude. I think I think this team keeps it close. I really like this Jaguars team. I think it. I think it's kept close too. But I'm just I. I you can't overlook the fact that, that it can very well get out of hand. I mean, we we we've seen the Chiefs go down twenty four to three against against the uh, Texans that one year and end up winning the game by twenty five points, whatever it was. Um, it's it's just fourteen and a half. There's there's never a number where you're like safe teasing it against the Chiefs, in my opinion. I agree, and that's why I'd probably... I, I'm thinking more just take the fucking eight and a half because if, they, if they're keeping it close, I think they cover eight and a half. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't think there's a situation where they lose by 13 and, like, you cover the 14. You know what I mean? Like, they're, I if, just, if they're going to cover a 14-point spread, they're going to cover an eight-point spread. Exactly. Yeah, I agree. Exactly. That's I agree. what I'm trying to say. I couldn't get that out. But that's my takeaway on this game. As far as an over-under, uh, if you want to tease the same game, I'd maybe tease whatever spread with the over. Get like a – what's the over set at? 52 and a half. 52. So you could tease it down to like 45. Yeah. I like that. Solid analysis there, boys, on that Saturday 4.30 matchup. Let's move forward to the Saturday night game, 8 p.m., the New York Giants at the Philadelphia Eagles. Another great matchup here. The Eagles being our favorite here at 7.5 points. Their money line sitting at minus 360. Giants money line at plus 290. And the over-under sitting at 48.5. The Giants are 8-1 against the spread in their last nine games on the road. As well as 5-1 against the spread in their past six visits to Philadelphia. The Eagles failed to cover their last five straight in January. As well as they've lost four straight as the playoff favorite. I'm on the Giants here, but I'm curious to see what you guys think. Ace, you want to get us rolling here? Yeah, I'm I'm going to stay off the Giants. I did it last week, and it burnt me. I did it a few times this year, and it burnt me. 
I know seven and a half points is a lot, but I would take that half a point and get those Eagles minus seven. I think they have a lot to prove, and they're on a they're on a nice train to the conference championship here. They get a good matchup with a familiar team. Um, a lot of people would be scared because it's a divisional matchup, but I am not. I think the Eagles know what they're doing. They're going to be at home, ready to go Saturday night, so it's going to be rocking Philly. Uh, name of that stadium? I can't remember it right now. Is that is that the link? Lincoln Financial. The link. The link. Yeah. yeah. So I think the link is going to be rocking. You know how those Philly fans get. Um, I think Jalen Hurts has a good day. A.J. Brown, guy scored, in, I believe, 10 of 17 games this year. Um, so I, I like him to get in the end zone. I think they have a day all around. Just a lot of weapons. Uh, the Giants, I think that was their big win of the year. It was last week. Um, that team's going to get relegated back to the offseason as they should. And, uh, yeah, just too many points by the Eagles here, I think. Give me give me the Eagles minus seven. Uh, I'm eager to hear what you guys have to say. Um. I'm on the complete opposite side here. I actually think the Giants will win this game outright, but I'm going to be safe and take the 7.5 points. I think 7.5 points is pretty re- a ridiculous spread here for uh, two teams that played each other two we- or a week and a half ago and are divisional po- opponents. Um, Jalen Hurts has played one game in his last five weeks. Um, they have, they have no He has no mom- momentum going into this game after a really good start, first 15, 16 weeks to this se- or 14, 15 weeks to this season. Um, this Giants team is rolling. I, I, if you watched that game last week, the confidence in Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley and that defense and the offensive line, it's, everything's clicking right now. They have so much confidence going into this game. Um, I just can't, I can't see a scenario where the Eagles cover a 7.5 point spread in this game, and I really think the Giants got everything going for them right now. Um, I, I think the Giants will win this game and be playing for an NFC championship next week. This is my long shot. That was uh, plus 5,500. That uh, Ace laughed at last week. You know, um, they're still standing. They got their matchup that they wanted right now. So, see what they can Would do. Would you throw on that? What? Would you throw on that? Cents. How much? Like twenty five bucks. What is it? Win. It's still over a grand. No, it was it like still went um, over a grand. Oh yeah, it was. It was like I think it was like nine eighty. I I might not have gotten um, plus fifty five hundred on it then. That's what that's, that's, that's what we saw in But still, I'm I'm right there with you. I like the, I like the Giants with the points. I'll be short and sweet with it. the Giants. Look like the they looked like they were the bright play all game last week. Giants plus three. I had the money line. Um, Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, Kayvon Thibodeau. I talked about him to you guys the other day. This team is buzzing, Mac. You just said it. Daniel Jones with the ability he has with his feet. I think he's gonna have a tough matchup against his Philadelphia defense. So it's really gonna come down to what he can do, airing the ball out through or throwing the ball through the air. I think guys like Darius Slayton are going to have to have a big day. Richie James, uh, that Hodgkins, uh, Hodgins guy that's been having a fucking lights out past couple of weeks. And I, I really like what the Giants are doing right now. Their defense has been holding it down. Mackie, to what you said, I'm, I'm not the biggest guy on Jalen Hurts right now. Obviously, the start to the season that he had is no discount to what he's done, but um, I or what he's done lately. I just am not a fan right now going into this game i know like you said prime time in philly the link's gonna be rocking we could have meek mill fucking running him out of the tunnel mm-hmm. here jimmy Beal's gonna be in the crowd probably i feel like every fucking eagles game he's at in prime time but um nothing else to do beal beal this one's for you uh i'm taking the giants plus seven and a half and uh i'm not i'm not gonna regret that one i don't think don't listen to him beal we, we like minus seven us people that think football teams are good it's not the make-wish year for the New York Giants. Um, it's the New I York I, football Giants. This is a biased take by Huff because he's been a fan of them since, like, for six months now. I mean, he has probably three jerseys of Saquon in his room. He's got the T-shirt jersey of Daniel <laughs> Jones just in case he doesn't get re-signed. Little but, do we um, know, Huff actually already selected the jersey for uh, for Ryan. A Saquon and a Daniels Jones jersey because they're both coming out of his closet. No, he's getting... <laughs> he's getting Kenny, Kenny Galladay. I already said it. Oh, Not game right. used, but podcast used Giants jerseys that he wears under his jacket. So he's <laughs> podcast used. Um, but no, I think I, 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 I need Giants backers to err on the side of caution here, though. Don't let that poor Vikings defense uh, fool you into thinking that Richie James Jr., Isaiah Hodgkins, and... Uh, Hodgins and I think it's just Hodgins. Uh, I think it's good. just Hodgins. I don't know where. Yeah, I exactly. Think. I don't even know who he is, but whoever those guys, don't be fooled. They're going up against a legitimate defense. That's why they got Chauncey Gardner Johnson. That's why they got Darius Slay. 
That's why they got. I think they have James Bradbury as well, right? And yeah. So with that defensive Former pressure giant. as well, yeah. I mean, I I think it's too much, but what do I know? Saquon Barkley, it's gonna have to be all on you. So that's what it's gonna come down to. And their their offensive line, like Mackie, you made that point. Their offensive line just I know, and like you just said the same thing. Ace the defense has been there tonight all year they've just given up points at will but their offense has kept them in games and obviously winning all those one possession games if they had a better defense they'd be killing teams by 10 14 points and i don't know this Giants team they're just buzzing this off the running game and when you can run the ball in the playoffs that's usually the team that wins and uh i like what the giants are doing here seven and a half points mackie same thing i think the giants can win the game outright I'll take the points though Solid stuff there, boys, to round out our Saturday games. Before we jump into our Sunday games, I got another question here from a follower. Coming from our boy Abik, what teams are on the upset alert this weekend as we come through two games here? What do you guys think about that? Abik, all of my upsets, my my upsets coming up, though, Abik, just wait. I think you're going to see this on the card for me this week, but it has to do with the cold weather. Joey Burr. All, all of them except for uh, all of them except for the Jags or except for the Chiefs, I guess. Dude, I think they're all on upset. Watch. <laughs> Great question. Not B. saying they're all gonna get upset. Just saying that they're all uh, very, very potential, very potentially going to be upset. My favorite would be the Giants because they're not the biggest spread, but the Bengals, Cowboys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I thought too. <laughs> Great question, Abik. We really appreciate it. Let's jump in to our Sunday games here. The first one up, 3 p.m. Eastern, Cincinnati Bengals at the Buffalo Bills. The Bills are our favorite here at five and a half points. Their money line sitting at minus 245 and the over-under sitting at 48 and a half. The trends I have here that the Bengals are 25 against the spread in their last 25 games, as well as 12 and 2 against the spread in their last 14 on the road. Do we think the Bengals can take down the Bills here? Just five and a half point spread, the second lowest here of the week. Huff, do you want to get us rolling on this first Sunday game? Yeah, I'll get us going here. And this, I said it uh, earlier on. This was the game that I was talking about, Mackie. The game, the one spread that I wasn't a huge fan of. A five and a half point spread with these two teams. Um, we know what happened a couple of weeks ago. The game got obviously canceled with the Demar Hamlin situation. And- now the Bills are at home, and I think you're going to see a situation where DeMar Hamlin's hyping up the crowd uh, if he's able to in Buffalo and getting the boys ready. I know the Bills didn't look good the past couple of weeks. I like the Bills here to win this game at least. money line. I know not the greatest value, but maybe I tease the Jaguars with the Bills and get the Bills around even or plus a point or two. I think they win the game. Um, five and a half points, weird spread. Um, obviously I think Burrow should be respected a little more like similar to that Cowboys Niners spread out. It's three points. I think this should be maybe three, three and a half. Um, I think the bills win the game though, but I think for a bigger purpose, we've seen this with the NFL before. Um, I'm going with the bills for now, but, uh, stay up till Sunday. Ace, I know you kind of started, started to already allude to your point. If you want to just kind of continue, I'll hand things over to you. Yeah, it pains me to say because I'm not the biggest Bengals fan, but I do enjoy watching them. I think Joe Burrow gets his. Um, obviously, prayers to Mar Hamlin, tough situation there, but I think he was really going to stick it to Buffalo that game. So he kind of owes it to him. He's on a revenge tour to stake his claim as the second-best quarterback in the conference, which I think he is. I think he's a better quarterback overall than Josh Allen. Um, Agreed. But I think it'll be Joe Burrow versus Patrick Mahomes in the conference championship and get the matchup everybody's been waiting to see. I know it's on the road in Buffalo, which makes it really tough, and that's a great defense. I think the offense is going to struggle much more than you'd like to see. I don't think it's going to be a pretty game. I honestly favor the under here, even though I won't play it. I will take the Bengals' money line. Um, I think they, they eke one out in a very tight game. I just think Josh Allen's ball security, I've been I've been hamping on it all year long. It's just way too loose. Um, I think Diggs has a big day, though, and Josh Allen will get his, but the turnovers will cost them and the lack of a running game as well. And I think that the Bengals will be able to get this done. My, my dog Singletary's been sure. nice for them. Yeah, I, I've had this discussion with some of my buddies as well, and it's like he's playing good football, but he's not a game-breaker. So if no, it comes I know down to it. But when you got, it comes down when you got to number it, 17 under center, 
that can run the ball like that. Now, obviously, you alluded to the ball security thing, but when you have a quarterback like that that can move and extend plays, and obviously he's not necessarily known as a like a mobile quarterback, but guys like him and Trevor Lawrence and Herbert that can just get out of the pocket. They're so young and athletic, like they can run. And when Josh Allen's that big, and obviously they're obviously or obviously always expecting the pass with Buffalo with him under center and the play action. So I think with Singletary and Cook, they've shown the ability to feed them in this offense and get them theirs to, I don't the extent of maybe not, like you said, maybe not a top running back that you're looking at, maybe like to take props on and stuff like that. But I don't know. I like what Singletary and them have been doing for, for Buffalo the past couple of weeks. I think Cook got in the end zone against Buffalo, if I'm not, or against Miami. Did he? Yeah, he did. He did. Yeah, he, he did. He had a touchdown. He has potential to be a game changer. But that's my takeaway on this game. I I think the Bills win the game. I might I might lower the spread a little bit, which I don't love doing with favorites. But um, with a five and a half point spread, I can probably get them at like money line. But it'll be interesting to see what I end up doing there. I don't really. This is the spread I don't love. So I could see this game like NFL yeah. rig go to or NFL rig go to overtime, just for like the fuck of it. Because I don't know. We haven't seen these new overtime rules yet. I'm really rooting for one of these games to go to overtime because I want to see both teams get the ball and both score a touchdown. And then it's just like the same thing that happened before and then they get pissed and they're like oh what do we do now do we play out the clock this still isn't fair but i don't know i really want one of these games to go to overtime i could see this being this would be the one truly Bengals here um i just think they have the better team all around the more trustworthy quarterback like Ace said um josh allen's just too um just he just makes too many mistakes especially with the interceptions um Joe Burrow is just more sound. He make he, he uh makes the smarter plays. And honestly, I just think they have the all around better team in the situation. Um, you got you, you got to go into Buffalo. You got to go into Bills Mafia. It's tough to play there, but um, I don't know. Joe Burrow's the one to get it done. So we'll, we'll see we'll see how it uh how it plays out. I like the I like the Bengals though. Solid stuff for the first game on Sunday, boys. Let's move forward to our final game of the divisional round. Sunday night, 6.30 p.m., the Dallas Cowboys at the San Francisco 49ers. The 49ers are the favorite here at minus 3.5. Their money line sitting at minus 184. Cowboys money line at plus 154 in the over-under, sitting at 45.5. The trends I got for this one are that the 49ers are 11-0 straight up in their last 11, in ga- in their last 11 games, 9-2 against the spread. 49ers are also 12 and 2 against the spread 13 and 1 straight up in their last 14 games at home. Cowboys are 2 and 9 against the spread in their last 11 games played in January as well as 8 and 3 against the spread in their last 11 games as the underdog. We're going to send it over to our resident expert Mackey, Michael Mackey for his take on the Dallas Cowboys. Mackey, what do you think here in our final game of the division, divisional round? Yeah, um uh, being a Cowboys fan, I might be a little biased here, but I think that a f- well, what's the spread sitting at now? Three and a half. I got it at four as soon as it opened. Uh, I I just think it's a, it's going to be a very close game. I think this is a very tough matchup for the, for the San Francisco 49ers. I think it's the toughest one that they've seen um, since Brock Purdy's been in. Uh, it's tough toughest defense he's going to have to see if if we play the way that we should. Um, I don't know. D- Dak has a lot of confidence going into this game. I really just think that. We're gonna get out to a nice lead, and Brock Purdy's gonna have to play from behind. And and if he's able to do it in the fourth quarter and get the job done, then so be it. But I I think the four points is a little too much, and I think it's gonna be a close game down to the wire. Um, I'm gonna take the Cowboys to come out on top, just because um, you know I got to take my boys in a close game like this, and uh, the inexperienced quarterback can become a big factor with uh, all the confidence that the Cowboys have right now. So um, I'm gonna ride my boys here. I don't blame you, Mackie, Huff, Ace. What do you guys think? I'm I'm right there with them. I like the Cowboys in this spot. I think Dak Prescott coming off a four-touchdown, 300-yard game last week against Tampa. Obviously, they're not looking like the best team in kind of the situation with the kicking, and obviously everyone knows what's going on with that, with what happened with Maher in that game. But I like Cowboys in this spot, Mackie. I'm right there with you. I'll take the points, though. I don't know. Uh, the money line, would you say 155 or 150? 154. There, sure. I see 165 on DraftKings. It varies, you know. It's dropping. Yeah. It, I, it yes. opened at like 175. 
I don't know. I, I, I'm going to take the points. Uh, I like Dallas with the spread. Uh, I could see this come down to a field goal in the end either way, and I'll take the points, especially when you get the hook too. I love the three and a half. What do you think, Ace? Yeah, you guys know where I stand on this one. I think I've been jacking my Super Bowl pick as the San Francisco 49ers all year. And at three and a half, I'm definitely buying a half a point, and I'm going to card this probably at two units. I think McCaffrey is going to get in the end zone. Do I think he has a big day on the ground? Maybe not, but I think he will get his through the air. Kind of alludes to my value play when we get there. But um, I think the weapons and Brock Purdy's on a run of destiny here. I think I'll use that earlier for Trevor Lawrence, but the real young stud in the playoffs right now is Brock Purdy. He's stealing the show, and he has George Kittle, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, um, Christian McCaffrey behind one of the best offensive lines in football with one of the best offensive-minded coaches, and Kyle Shanahan deserves his. They've been to this moment before. They're ready. They've seen tough teams. They've seen tough defenses. They're going to get through it, I think. I think that defense on San Francisco is a lot scarier than that one of the Cowboys. So I think when it comes down to it, the uh, Christian McCaffrey and co. are going to get it done rather than Ezekiel Elliott and co. Give me the Niners minus three here. Very, very good stuff there, boys, out of that last game that we went over, the Dallas Cowboys and the San Francisco 49ers. Solid stuff out of the divisional round as a whole. But let's jump into what we want to call our value page of Hit the Books, our value play of the week. Each go over a play that we think is uh, good value in the sense of the term. We talked about this here earlier in the week amongst us four. We thought it'd be a good idea. Let me start us off here. My play is going to be a four-team parlay. Chiefs, Giants, Bills, and Cowboys coming out to plus 1735. Thought I saw some good value there and just taking what, you know, a mix of the favorites and those underdogs. I think some solid picks all around. You took all those money line? Yeah. Okay. So, curious to see what you guys got here. Who wants to two start dogs, us off? Two dogs, two favorites. Yep. Yeah, uh, Jesse, asking a lot from all different stadiums across the country. Personally, I really am. Mine, I, uh, I thought about going with a Kelsey Mahomes one. I'll mention that first. Coming out to about plus 390. It dealt with or uh, Mahomes throwing two touchdowns, throwing 275 plus. And Kelsey scoring a touchdown and having 40-plus. I like that. But the one I'm actually going to give you guys as a real value play that I think you should look into is deals with alternate totalage of yards for um, Christian McCaffrey. It's Christian McCaffrey to get in the end zone to have 20 yards receiving and 40 yards rushing. That comes out to plus 270, I believe, um, on my book, at least through the prop builder. And I think that's a good play. I think McCaffrey is the focal point of this offense, and he will get into the end zone again at home yeah i'm gonna go i'm gonna keep it i'm gonna keep it plain and simple here um i'm gonna go with the noc beast parlay even though um they're playing one of them gotta beat another opponent but um i'm gonna go with giants money line and cowboys money line see if we can get an nfc matchup or uh nfc championship matchup with the with the giants and the cowboys to get this rivalry back up and going um Parlay odds are plus 9.33, so uh, my value play of the week. Dang, that's nuts. Jesse, what were the odds on yours? 17.35. Oh, shit. <laughs> okay. So five yeah. bucks, I'm right. make good money. Hit they it don't off. have to be that high. No, not at all. Absolutely not at all. I, I think Aces was more the achievable route of, what, 390 or something yeah, around there? Yeah, mine's, mine's, mine's 270. Mine's plus 310. It's two legs. Um, both teams that I think are going to win, uh, but I'll take taking the points with both of them, not necessarily with the Bills. I'm going to take a Stefan Diggs anytime touchdown, plus 105. I like that a lot. And a Saquon Barkley anytime touchdown, plus 100. Both Oof. come in at plus 310. I like I like it. I think they bo- I think the Giants, if they're going to have he's a day, plus? he's going to have to have a day. They're both plus, plus 100 and plus 105 for Diggs. Yep, yep, I saw that too. All right, yeah, that's that's a good bet though. I like that. Those are two studs that are gonna see looks in the red zone. You know that. Um, yeah, definitely not too much of a long shot there. I was looking at one. I uh, forget who I was gonna do with the Eagles actually. Who was it? Let me see. Where'd it be? 
Gainwell. Kenneth Gainwell plus 430. Dude, they love to use him in random situations in the red zone. I don't know. He just like, you know when you get those like looks of like you're looking at plays and you're like, oh, that's good value. Like, I feel like I could see that guy scoring this week. It's like not a lot of people are going to take that. You know what I mean? But I don't know. I I like the Barkley and Diggs. But that's going to be mine for the week. Plus 310, two legs. I like it. Another another value play I liked, I just wanted to throw this out there, um, was uh, Travis Kelsey to put, score two or more touchdowns. Um, you know, when he gets one, he usually gets a second one, especially in a game like this. So it's so sitting at plus 400, so it's not a bad play. Um, just a nice little value play. Yeah, my values. I just love anything in the prime time. Kind of like those basketball Christmas games we were talking about. You get those studs in the prime time in the playoff games. They're gonna get the ball. So you got Mahomes, Kelsey, Diggs, McCaffrey. Um, not really anybody on the Cowboys because they like to spread their offense. Um, same Giants, Barkley, uh, AJ Brown was another guy I was thinking about doing. Jamar Chase always. So a lot, a lot of good quarterbacks and good weapons that you can look into combining their yards, touchdowns, or multi-touchdown. That was good, boys. Lots of good stuff there in those value plays. Be sure to stay tuned. I think we're going to keep doing that here, at least through the playoffs. So lots of good stuff to look forward to. I think that's going to wrap up our episode for this week. Nothing else from me. You guys got anything else? Yeah, that's going to do it for me. Obviously, the NHL, NBA, uh, college basketball cards have been on fire the past couple of weeks. And Last week, to be specifically, Ace could probably tell you the exact record uh, in units, but um, stay tuned to the social media for everything like that, all the picks going in night in and night out. Uh, Other than that, thanks for listening. That's going to do it for me. Hopefully bounce back in the divisional round. Um, We'll see you guys next week for conference championships and divisional uh, recap. Yeah, Hoff, just to to close out, last week – the NHL card coming in at just over, um, about se- or just around seven units, I should say. So that's that's a really good week. I mean, we've been on it all year. Stay tuned. We got plays, six plays going tonight: three NHL, three NBA, and I think Mackie has a few in college basketball as well. So yeah, we you want to you want to get off on in college basketball? West yeah, Virginia's so up twenty-eight that- to twelve early. Press Virginia. That's the hometown boys right there. But uh, yeah, join that gravy train. It's gonna keep going all year long. And then be ready to roll um, for more giveaways, more announcements, and some NFL content coming at you. Uh, Happy to have you guys listening. Happy to be here to talk sports. Catch you next week. Like and subscribe. And that's going to do it for us on this episode of Hit the Books. Thank you to everyone who tunes in each and every week. Without you, we wouldn't be able to do what we do here. So please like, share, and subscribe wherever you can. And don't forget to check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for our plays each and every night in the NHL, NFL, MLB, NBA, college basketball, and college football. Thank you again, and see you next week.